skyrocketed. So a $600 pension 10, 15 years ago won't buy much of anything here today. And why the millennial generation is starting to give up because they can't afford to get a, a good job or own a house. A million Venezuelans voting uh, for this assembly saying it's actually less than three. It is. And people are going to start rioting in the streets. Was reported to have asked Putin for military support that would help him stay in power. We will make America safe again. And yes, together, we will make America great again. And ignore him. And eight more years goes by till Bernie himself finally admits to his sons, hey, I've been running a Ponzi scheme. Does its dominance mean it can use the alliance for its own ends? Since 1981, bond yields, also known as coupon rates, have just gone down and down and down. The Federal Reserve note will be your biggest financial liability. RTD Live Talk, we're live. It is Tuesday night, the 17th day of the month of September. And so looking forward to having some good back and forth. And so got a couple topics to touch on tonight and to share my thoughts on it and get your thoughts as well. So that being the case, uh, let's check in and see who's tuning in and uh, let's get this thing started. So let me see. Let me open up my chat a little bit. How's everybody doing this uh, this week thus far? So yeah, a lot of things are a lot of things happening, man. A lot of things seeming to be coming to the forefront to where it's hard to hide um, the issues we're having, all the manipulation slash intervention, and this automotive situation is very telling. Uh, so yeah, a lot of stuff to cover. So I hope to get to it all, but let's get right into it. So we got Spirit King join us. We got Max, Scott. We got low blood pressure. Uh, we got Faith. We got Jamil, Jasmine. How you doing, Jasmine? We got Kenneth. We got Faith, Excalibur. Uh, what else? World emergency. He says, I'm on time. Hey, Mike, how you doing? You're a Donny spirit. Faith, appreciate that. Mike from Dallas. Milk from Dallas. James, how you guys doing? So let's dive right into it. So um, wanted to share my thoughts. And so throughout the day, I tried my best to try to get a good understanding of what the uh, whole repo situation um has turned out to to, to to basically turned out to become. And it looks like it's basically, it's a short way of saying that's an additional monetary tool that uh, is being utilized. And so I remember doing a video last week talking about the toolkit and, you know, Federal Reserve, uh, Jerome Powell mentioned that at this current point, they'll be doing anything or they're willing to do anything to keep this economic expansion going. And so it looks like, uh, this whole overnight repo situation of being willing to be the lender, <laughs> the only lender, if need be, to keep uh, borrowing overnight uh, going smoothly. They're willing to do that. So came across a good article I wanted to thumb through because I think uh, it looks like it does a good job of kind of summarizing uh, what we can expect as far as this new way of basically uh, introducing quantitative easing back into the circuit without actually uh, having to call it quantitative easing. So. We'll touch on that. And then I got some more, more information, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I read somewhere that Saudi Arabia will be uh, revealing their findings, I think. And then, of course, we got on this side of the pond, uh, President Trump has already de determined that Iran did it. And now I got some articles uh, that I'm going to share with you about now, you know, retaliatory type of talk on our president. And then what else? I got a couple more things about the auto industry. So, yeah, we're going to try to get to it all. But 
Uh, if you guys have any thoughts or questions or anything to chime in on, feel free to let me know in the chat. Uh, as well as, make sure the chat's the right spot. Yeah, the chat. And then a the number, 313-462-0027. Feel free to give me a call. We can talk about it a little bit. So uh, let me get right into this first article I want to share with you. Because a lot of people uh, commented on the whole repo situation in the comments section. And so very first article I want to touch on uh, gives an idea as to what exactly is going on there. So let me straighten this screen up just a tad bit so we can see what's going on. All right. So let me see. We're going to make that work. Yeah, we can make that work. All right. Move this over a little bit. All right. And then I'll, I'll zoom in and thumb into it and basically just read through a little bit. But yet, I actually you know had a chance to dive into it and learn a little something myself. So it's quite interesting how uh, this whole overnight lending situation seems to be uh, coming to an, uh, a halt because of lack of liquidity and the idea that a lot of institutions aren't willing to lend to each other freely. So therefore the whole increase in the borrowing cost. So yeah, so I'll thumb through it briefly. And then if you guys want, I'll share this link with you. But it says for the first time in more than a decade, the federal reserve injected cash into money markets Tuesday to pull down interest rates and said it would do so again tomorrow after technical factors led to a sudden shortfall of cash. So my question, you know, without having really know, know much about this, I'm learning. Technical factors led to a sudden shortfall of cash. And so where's all the liquidity that all these uh, these institutions are supposed to be holding on to in the form of their reserves? And so how come they're not utilizing some of those reserves they have on deposit at, at the Federal Reserve would be my question. And of course, they won't never tell us what institutions behind the scenes needed this sudden liquidity all of a sudden but i would imagine that uh, it's probably the two big to fail banks uh, and so I, I read i actually saw one commentary commentator talk about it's the smaller banks that might be lead, needing some lending or whatnot and they're the ones having issues getting funding right and so it said the pressures relate to shortages of funds banks face uh, resulting from an increase in federal borrowing and the central bank's decision to shrink the size of security holdings so separately, the Fed Rate uh, Setting Committee began a two-day meeting today. And so tomorrow, we're going to get a chance to find out how uh, much of a f uh, Fed funds interest rate they're going to be cutting. So people are also factoring it could be a quarter of a point. But we have a quarter of a point being priced in tomorrow and all this additional stimulus that's being offered uh, for the banking sector. So once again, it spells trouble to me on the back end of all this. And so it's hard to hide this information because it's, it's uh, something that hasn't been done over in over a decade. And so it says New York Fed moved Tuesday morning to inject $53 billion into the banking system. And so imagine $53 billion in one day. That's what was lent out for an overnight loan in one day. And the QE that we're used to, according to what was introduced when the banking sector and when the entire financial system seized up, it was, I think it was what they were 20 billion or uh, 20 or 50, I think it was 50 billion a month, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I don't rec actually recall offhand. If anybody know offhand, let me know what the monthly quantitative easing stimulus was a couple years ago. But I want to say it's the equivalent of what was offered in one single day. And they were willing to lend up to, as it says here, $75 billion. And so, once again, they only needed 53, but 57 was, 75 was available. So that lets me know that tomorrow, on Wednesday, they're going to probably make $75 billion available again. 
And how many days will this extra liquidity be needed uh, for a single day uh, borrowing for these institutions? And so, uh, yeah, this spells trouble. This spells trouble if they're having problems with lending for a 24-hour period. Nevertheless, a uh, sustained borrowing um, event for a week or a month. So uh, this, this stuff right here, man, is just one of many, many things that I believe will uh, create more of a problem where it's going to be too hard for this stuff to be hidden or papered over. But yet, I believe that their response and, and, basically, and basically setting history for them offering this much stimulus in a single day is another tool that will be offered out of the toolkit. And so we're definitely going to hear more on this. And so keep your ears open because this will not be the last day I've assumed that lending will be needed. So let me check in with the chat and find out uh, what your thoughts are. The 1% freak show says, but who exactly do you have at least the people? Let me see. Uh, print a quarter trillion in two days. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. There will never come a day where the repo situation will be solved in our lifetime. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. And what's what's even more troubling is that this whole repo situation, I'm reading some of the information on, on the back end, and it's talking about just uh, collateral that's being used to secure these loans, and it's just treasuries. And, and, and I've heard people mention that because there's an excess of treasuries now, that means it's kind of hard to get people to continue to really want to pile up and stock up on treasuries when they're so plentiful, therefore causing an increase in borrowing costs because who wants to take who wants to be left on a hook holding something that's so plentiful that you know they're they're going to be issuing more treasuries pretty soon because our government's running a one trillion uh, plus deficit and I even saw a tweet today referring to uh, Cutlow talking about the economy could easily be doing three percent uh, GDP on a regular basis I think he said once we get into a, a and it would take only just a two trillion dollar deficit in order to reach a uh, 3% GDP. And so I'm thinking like, what? That, that's flooding the market with more treasuries. And I'm, you know, the question is who's going to be buying these things. So clearly the fed will be purchasing these treasuries because it looks like the open market is not too excited to take them on at a cheaper rate. So the fed is going to have to come in and buy these things up with a lot of funny money. So it says Jasmine says we're getting closer to an economic collapse. So many companies have filed bankruptcy and closed. Yeah, that's, that's just, companies in general but yet the retail sector is what i've been following the most and a lot of people been sharing different articles with me basically highlighting how problematic the retail sector is for a variety of reasons so it's no it's no pretty ending to how this all this comes down and so we factoring in i was uh talking to Lear Gantz earlier about uh the interest rate situation and how uh, President Trump is mentioning how we're behind the curve, so he's wanting zero or negative, and so we're still at two and a quarter, a little bit less than. So in order to get, in order to appease Pre President Trump, they're going to have to cut rates probably a little faster, or because of stuff like this happening with this, the the, the problems with borrowing costs, they're going to be cutting rates a lot faster. And uh, man, it's it's the more they cut and the faster they cut, the more the the more danger. Is it is passed upon and more risk is passed upon everybody who's cont who's continuing to do the conventional uh, method that of saving investing because this has turned into one big experiment and all the people who save and and not 
taking advantage of these cheap borrowing costs are going to be the ones that suffer the most. So we're, we're approaching an environment where it pays to borrow and it profits those that know how to borrow and turn that into a profit for their own benefit. So we got our first call. Let's take this and see what's going on. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Right, not so. Give me a call back and I'll try to get you on here. What else? Keep it moving. It says Walmart and dollar stores raising prices every week. I have not been to a dollar store in a while, but I'm not surprised at how much longer they'll be able to sell those made in China items for a single dollar. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Mike, Tim, Colorado. I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> How can you help with this tonight, my friend? <laughs> okay, so we got it figured out, buddy. Uh-huh. Okay, so what we're going to do, okay, the Federal Reserve is going to release a Fed coin. Okay. Right? And we need you to, we're going to just, like, take all your cash away, mm -hmm. switch that out real quick, and it'll be all good, dude. We're all good. <laughs> A Fed coin. Okay, yeah, I can't. I can't hold a Fed coin. It's and the question it's is, stable. huh? It's stable. <laughs> it's stable. Stable compared to what? <laughs> uh, uh, vacuum. Yeah, vacuum. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's gonna work, but it will definitely be. A t they gonna roll something out. The Federal Reserve, their back is against the wall right now. So in order to come out swinging. They're going to come out with all types of experimental type of things as a part of their toolkit. Remind you, this repo situation of them being able to offer uh, was it 53 up to $75 billion in a single day, that's just one of many tools that we probably haven't seen yet that they're going to roll out. So I would imagine a, a crypto coin is in their bag, in their toolkit somewhere. You know it is, Mike. Yeah. Problem is, it's going to be a little too late because it's going to be hard to get that thing rolled out into people's hands and more than likely, as uh, you guys saw from my last video with Charles Hugh Smith, people won't trust central banks. As all this unravels, more and more people are losing trust. And so it's going to be hard to, to gain their trust back with a digital coin, that's for sure. Well, I agree, Mike. But remember, you got to keep in mind, we're awake. Yeah, yeah. So those that are aware, you know, wait, wait is the answer. Up, Mike. Say that again? Sorry. I can't wake anybody up. So uh, everybody I live around will buy it. Uh, they don't want. They won't have to buy it if it, if we get to a central bank issued coin. It's going to be offered or it's going to be replaced. And so, just like in China, where they're looking to replace the paper renminbi itself and keep the digital, all the digital stuff remains the same because more of the Chinese yuan is in digital form than paper form. They're basically going to start removing the paper out of circulation and forcing people to interact with that digital yuan. And solely use that instead of paper. So they're going to do it slowly. They're going to try to do it slowly, but I don't think they'll have enough time to roll that thing out. Just boil the frog, right? Boil so, the frog. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, a slow, a my, slow death. My problem is I can't even convince my own family to protect themselves. <sighs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, it, it's it's we're getting to the point where things are speeding up right now to where it's going to be hard to convince people, but yet they're going to begin feeling it and seeing it, and so it's just a matter of time before. It's stories like this with this repo situation and there have been issues and, and, and credit and lending within a 24-hour period before people, yeah, they're going to they're gonna feel the pinch, unfortunately. So it's only so much you can do, my friend. Yeah, and we're thinking economic, Mike. And yeah. I know that you, you, know, you have religious background, too. So I'm going to go deeper than just economic, okay, or political. Yeah. Obviously, the 
Yeah, so, that's going to be my next topic. We... Yeah, um, man. Okay, well, I'm, I'm game to listen. I appreciate so, you, my friend. I, you know, and I'm like, hold on, I'm not even a religious person, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of an agnostic. Okay. But I'm getting deeper, okay? All I right, think it's my friend. bad now. All right, but, well, uh, hey, stay in there, buddy. Stay in there. All right, I appreciate you, know you Tim. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, man. Good call. I appreciate that, Tim. Yeah, it's going to be hard to wake people up, but eventually they will come to the truth in a very uncomfortable way. So let me check in with the chat. What's going on over here? It says, any questions? As always, if you guys have any thoughts or comments you want to share, highlight at Rethinking a Dollar so it'll stand out when I can actually... Uh, uh, so someone's going to turn the volume, so let me try to turn this up on my end so we can be a little louder. So apologize for that. What else we got here? It says, uh, let me do, 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 do. So I see some of rainbows and unicorns. Okay. It says, that's so crazy. My family won't listen either. It says, America's buy guns and guns. If any time a city can't be uh, resupplied in time, they'll all kill each other. Uh, Americans. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's going to be hard. I, I came across something today talking about, um, uh, the, the push to remove guns out the public hands. And so it's going to be one of the things going to be hard to get all the guns because there's more going, there's more guns out here in criminals hands than there are. And actually in the hands of, of, of registered, you know, um, what you call them, uh, registered citizens. So yeah, there's a lot of illegal guns out here, a lot more than a registered. So it's going to be hard to confiscate guns. Says after a zero percent interest rate cut, country will race to devalue their paper. I believe cryptos will replace their paper. BTC is China's crypto. Eighty percent of BTC is mined in China. Worldwide emergency, and so clearly, I've I've been seeing more and more um, crypto uh, news sources talking about the importance of BTC in this current time frame. And so, definitely, that technology was really re or introduced for this this time. And so, I definitely believe it will. Uh, appreciate in nominal price, but yet I also saw something today about um, President Trump eventually uh, addressing the whole cryptocurrency and blockchain uh, movement right now because it will threaten the dollar even more so, especially if we get to zero rates and they start taxing cash and, and come out with this next official round of QE. Uh, to devalue cash even more so. So people will run to cryptos. And it's according to the, uh, I saw an article about um, last year, President Trump signed an executive order. I think it was uh, Senate Bill 10, oh, 1052, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that was a, uh, a executive order that basically stated that no American citizen is allowed to participate in the Venezuelan petrocoin but the article, the author of it was basically saying that that executive order there set the set the foundation for them being able to tweak some of the language within that very same bill because it's it looks like that bill is up for uh, I think it was last week there were there's about 20 bills total that has been put forth by different uh, political figures to look at in regards to cryptos and, there's, and he was saying that it's very easy to change some of the wording in that to make it so that even inland here domestically, they can try to alter the language to where they make it very difficult for people to pursue Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general as a way out of the system. So it was a good article. Didn't have a chance to post it, but uh, it was it'll definitely get you thinking because it's just as easy as Trump mentioned, you know, it's illegal for Americans to interact with the petrocoin. 
he can easily flip the script and say cryptocurrency in general, which would be very problematic because there's billions upon billions being invested in an infrastructure basis to make uh, cryptocurrencies uh, spendable as a part as a part of this whole adoption piece. So we'll see. So he says worldwide says XRP is the USA's crypto. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm Ripple. The banker's coin, so definitely it could be utilized. But once again, not every not everyone wants Ripple or XRP. So more people are excited about Ripple from a consumer standpoint because of it being a banker coin, and they're hoping that it appreciates so that they can cash in on it. So as far as whether XRP is, is what's the what's the supply? What's the total supply of XRP? And on top of that, I think there will be some issues with XRP at the end of the day because there's more of those coins, I believe, in the hands of the the board or whoever is in charge of that so there's not enough xrp out in the public's hands to make it viable so we'll see and so jasmine says due to this 2020 election the government is going to move forward to try and collapse the economy early to get trump out of the white house or wait until the election time to do it jasmine very good point and i think a lot of this um this these these tremors here whether it be with the oil situation which i'm going to touch on right now and how all of a sudden it was, I think it was on Saturday, attacks happened. You know, and once again, it smells like a false flag to me 100%. But we'll see. And so on Sunday, Trump said, we're going to wait till Saudi Arabia does their 48-hour uh, investigation to, to determine who did it. And of course, some Yemenese uh, uh, rebels already claim responsibility for it. But I guess that's not good enough. And so here we have an article where... <laughs> President Trump has already basically told you, told the public what's happening next. And so here's an article from the new from NBCNews.com as of today. And it says Trump admin weighing retaliatory action against Iran after Saudi oil attack attack. So once again, uh, I, th I think I read that tomorrow Saudi is supposed to come out with their official findings if they haven't already. But yet once again, if the Yemenese rebels have already claimed responsibility for it, what is our president doing talking about going to Iran and attacking them apart from the whole purpose was for this to appear to have come from Iran. So there's an article here if you guys you know want to dive into it further. But once again, when I saw oil attack, I was like, man, this is just too timely. So clearly, you know, John Bolton gets fired and then 48, 72 hours later, there's an oil attack. Yeah. So I would. Ah, yeah. I don't want to go too far off the cuff there, but I would want to say that uh, even though Bolton is not at the position of the White House, he still uh, has a say-so in some affairs outside our country. So it says, if U.S. attacks Iran, there is going to be a major war. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. I, I do believe it 100%. And so the, the problem would be, um, I want to say, and this is, you know, information I gathered. I, I'm not able to share it all, but I heard that Saudi Arabia, um, no, Iran and China signed a several hundred billion dollar energy deal not long ago. I want to say the person said 10 days ago, and I didn't validate that, but that's very timely how China and Iran signed a very lucrative energy deal and then a couple days later there's a saudi attack and the blame is automatically put on iran so once again coincidence 
or planned event, you know, I'll, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you guys, you know, figure that one out. But uh, what else is going on here? So let me get back in the chat. And so it, I did a, I did a couple videos, a couple of quick takes uh, over the last couple of days, of which all great things happening uh, that uh, I wanted to talk about. So we'll definitely get to that. And as always, if you guys don't help me stay on track, I'll be bouncing around everywhere. And so uh, we got somebody unicorn described in the Bible. It does provide some clues to the nature of the mysterious beast. Says U.S. will not attack Iran. So we got a call. Let's take this call and see what we can get here. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike. It's Pete from the People's Republic of Colorado. Pete from the People's Republic of Colorado. How you doing, my friend? What's on your mind tonight? Oh, any better, and I couldn't stand it. Uh, I talk more about Iran. All right, feel free. Share your thoughts on Iran. What's going on over there? It, will, will we be Will we be going to war anytime soon? Or will this thing blow over? What do you think? Um. Well, one, like as we talked about before, they're, you know, they're not allowed to sell their oil outside of the dollar, so they're going to get some freedom and democracy sooner or later. But it's just like. Uh, Guaido in Venezuela standing on the bridge and uh, nothing's happening and no one cares yet. So don't yeah. think it's enough. Yeah. You know, and speaking about speaking about Juan Guaido, I haven't seen nothing about him in the news or even the mainstream news. Is They're not, they're not even interviewing him anymore. So and I, I did see something that the opposition and Venezuelan government are starting to have talks together now. So it looks like they're trying to solve out their own, work out their own issues uh, without Mr. Juan Guaido, so they probably get yeah, I got a boot. What do you think? I think? Uh oh, here we go. Go well, ahead. I guess you know what's more interesting about all this, and I tie the two together because it's the same. It's just that uh, you know the information that we get is you know it's really weak. But at the end of the day, uh, all of our supposed allies were like, "Hey, we want some proof." Yeah. And the second that happened, even uh, Trump walked it back the next day. I don't want to go to war with anybody. Yeah. You know, just nobody believes these things anymore. Right. There's right. no appetite for war. So they're going to have to keep trying harder because yeah. so far they're getting nowhere. Yeah. You know? I agree. And, and while, you're, while you're speaking, I pulled up the article I just referred to about how China and Iran struck a $400 billion deal, or it's in the works. And so at the same time this deal is in, in works or signed or whatever, there is an attack on Saudi Arabia's oil, and it's automatically leaked to Iran. So I would attribute that attack to a way of trying to disrupt this deal in some form or fashion, because here we have China bypassing the, you know Iranian sanctions because they don't care, and they're doing a $400 billion or looking to do a $400 billion deal. Well, it's not just that. I mean, Trump was ready to talk with Rouhani, and then all of a sudden, uh, Saudi's uh, oil refineries gets bombed. What a coincidence! Yeah. And now that's off the table too. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a coincidence, that's for sure. So, so it looks like China well, and Russia. Well, as far as we know, gee, the timing. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very interesting timing. At the same time, affairs having issues. So, what are your thoughts about this whole repo situation? Have you looked into it at all? I have, and you know what's amazing? What's that? Uh, Zero Hedge this morning had like nine articles on it, yeah. and I immediately switched over to Market Watch or CNBC. Mm -hmm. Nothing. 
crickets. Does it's not happening? Doesn't exist. No problems. Nothing to see here. Look away. Go about your business. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. No, I yeah. mean, uh, we we just don't have access to honest information. It's obvious that uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah. It's obvious that it's not hitting us right now. Yeah. Um, they are buying bonds again, even though they haven't announced anything. They'll cut interest rates tomorrow. There's a lot happening, but none of it's impacting us yet. Yeah. Or uh, it's not impacting us yet, and everything that's being done is, is a Band-Aid to try to cover things up. There's, I, would, I would imagine with this whole up to $75 billion in a 24-hour period of, of possible stimulus that they would be willing to inject into the banking sector, they're probably trying to patch up so many holes and to extend this thing, like Jerome Powell mentioned about this expansion, keeping this thing going, because once this expansion stops, game over with. And therefore, we're going to be faced with all types of um, uh, problems in this country and around the world that we could never really you know, imagine, I, I would assume. Well, absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, usually uh, in normal circumstances, you know, a bull expansion doesn't die of old age. It gets shot in the head by the Fed. The Fed started to raise rates, and, uh, you know, that's ancient history now. That only lasted for five minutes. Um, yeah. This expansion isn't getting shot in the head by the Fed. And uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there like, oh, they're going to crush the economy to crush Trump and all that. Like, no, they're doing absolutely everything, you know, imaginable and unimaginable to keep things going. It, it's unbelievable to watch day to day. Yeah. It blows my mind. And, and so far, it's working. But I still maintain one thing to you is that the uh, – you know, probably even before the next election, I'll go back to – I remember when Bush sent us all stimulus checks. <laughs> yeah. It happened. We all just got money in the mail, you know, to stimulate the economy. I'm expecting that between now and the election. Yeah. But, and and that is the end game. Between now yeah. and the election, some stimulus, man. So that's a so stimulus being injected directly into people's hands, that is another, you know, part of the toolkit. So I I'm I'm really talking about this toolkit stuff because this repo situation is but one example. Toolkit. Say again. The toolkit is just uh, printing money. Yeah, exactly. So, but, it, it, but, it, but it's how it's how it's rolled out. It's how it's unleashed. Like, who would imagine that this repo situation? Because prior to today, I really wasn't familiar with it, but I was forced to dive into it. And so, the question is, you know, what else would they be throwing out there to uh, basically just blow our minds as to how much they'll be willing to do to uh, keep this thing going? So, I think we definitely haven't well, seen the, the best of them yet. <laughs> They're obviously willing to do anything, but the problem is, you know, the overnight lending and, you know, just throw $75 billion at it, you know, but that money just it goes through a bank between the Fed and the Treasury to purchase bonds to create liquidity, but beyond that, it doesn't move. It just sits like it never existed. Yeah. It doesn't impact money velocity. Right. Right, so but far, I remember. But when they give us checks, and they'll do it again, yeah, that will impact money velocity. That money will move fast. People will spend it right away. Yeah, and people will, and, uh, and that'll have it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You know, all these games they're playing right now. You know, they're creating lots of money. They're buying these 
you know, they're buying assets, we're printing money, but it's not going anywhere. It's not having a huge impact on our lives day to day. People don't even understand what it is or what it means or if they even hear about it at all. It, it, you know, it's just kind of something happening in the background. It's, uh, but, but I, I can feel it. You know, I predict that, uh, you know, we're all going to get a check in the mail here pretty soon. Yeah. I actually, uh, on, this is on a side note, but I'll share this and I'll let you go. We'll get to more people. But I actually watched a video uh, because it was from Andrew Yang. He was on a YouTube channel, and the, the, the host asked him about this Patriot dividend, this $1,000, and she mentioned Bitcoin. <laughs> and so she mentioned, what's the chance of there being a universal Bitcoin income? And he was like, you know what? I like what you're thinking. I like where you're going with that. So I'm thinking like, <laughs> it'd be interesting if, uh, yeah, this, cause I was talking about just the fed coin a minute ago. And so I can see them making and uh, whatever they do give us something new and enticing, you know, for the young and the old. So how they, how they wrote out thousand out will be interesting. So, but, uh, or a thousand or plus whatever they try to roll out to us. But yet hopefully people realize that it's uh it's, it's a bribe, uh, to keep this thing going and use it to, for their best interest, not to go out and consume it on some dumb stuff like a new iPhone or something like that. It's the same damn iPhone as iPhone 10, but I'll let that go. But anyway, Pete, I appreciate you calling, my friend. <laughs> well, the, the last time, you know, Andrew Yang is an interesting guy. Uh, the last time it was, I think, in, it was in the summer of 2008. Mm -hmm. uh, they just sent us all a check and said, please spend it. You know, and yeah, things held together for like three months after that. Yeah, so it's why. So, so it's either uh, you're going to put together a much bigger check to get more than three months out of this situation because it's a lot worse now. Well, trillions upon trillions. You remember what it was? I think it was seven hundred and fifty dollars. You know, maybe this time they'll send us two thousand. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. I appreciate you calling. <laughs> Have a good night. All right, me too. You bye. Yeah, man. Appreciate it as always. <laughs> yeah, a check is coming in the mail is what, is, is what the word is. Let's check into the chat see what's going on. Oh, what we got going on out here? Crypto Blood, how you doing, my friend? It says, oil futures are in backward backwardation, so this will pass and oil will continue to lower as it is a sign of our coming recession. Uh, yeah, man. I, I don't doubt it. Apart from just the oil aspect or the attack I haven't looked into oil or even studied oil like that in the energy sector. So I appreciate you sharing that. And what else we got going on? It says Babylonians Talmud. Look into it. Okay. It says Yang Gang. It says, what do you think about the total uh, confidence loss will be in fiat? Um, Man, like, I, I, like I've always mentioned, you know, just the name of this show, Rethinking a Dollar. It's just because fiat currencies in of itself is what this is all about. That's the only way they can try to keep this thing together by issuing more digits and paper. And so that's their weapon. That's their last line of defense and offense. So they're going to create as much as they can to push this paradigm as long as it can and get as much out of the system as they can. Because think about this. The last great crisis we had was the mortgage-backed securities was a big part of what the Federal Reserve owns. So the Federal Reserve is sitting on, they're the biggest real estate owners on the planet, to my knowledge. And so the question is, what else can they get as far as real tangible assets? And so I've always mentioned before how I think um, the Federal Reserve will eventually get into equities outright. 
So we know Japan owns a good portion of their indexes over there. Switzerland owns a good portion of uh, stocks. So I think the Fed definitely will probably get into the equities game and start buying up shares of every corporation they can. Therefore, they will be the biggest realtors and the biggest uh, purchaser of, of, of shares of companies. So um, that's all a part of what they can probably throw out there in this toolkit. But once again, it's going to be problematic because all they're doing is print, print, printing. And unfortunately, the majority of the world is still being told to save, save, save. And depending on what you're saving in, you're going to be a, a, a very uh, unhappy person or you're going to be a recipient of this wealth transfer that comes when governments and bank, central banks decide to uh, devalue the currency and real tangible assets appreciate nominally. So we'll see. Marcus King. So apart from buying gold and silver coins, what are your thoughts on investing into gold and silver mining stocks and ETFs as well as gold and silver royalty and streaming companies, streaming companies? Uh, Marcus, good question there. I personally, uh, I don't dive into the technical aspects of investing. So all, all I do is give my opinion and I'm more so a physical, tangible guy. And so all the detailed things when it comes to digital products like ETFs, and the mining shares, those are all things that I personally don't dip and dabble in. But I've had guests on the show that, you know, can swear by it and they know what they're doing. And so, you know, my personal opinion is unless you know what you're doing as an active trader or investor in those particular sectors there, you know, the risk falls on you. Because once again, we're in a world where paper and digits will be in, will be in plentiful supply, but tangible assets will become scarce and more valuable. So... You know, owning a mining company, mining, owning shares in a mining company is only fine and good as it's going up. But once governments decide to, you know, nationalize it and, you know, confiscate it, you know, I'm not sure exactly that it'll be worth uh, what you put in or they'll give you a payout of what you're not expecting to receive because it won't be the same equivalent in value. So that's just my thoughts. But this is all in, in, in talks of a worst case scenario of, you know, the, the dollar when it finally, when the Federal Reserve note, rather officially is no longer recognized or accepted globally and domestically i wouldn't trust anything but what i can actually hold or have access to right away so that's just my my, my thoughts there just my thoughts there uh it says invest in the right company jasmine yeah and definitely and so one of the things that i'm eventually going to start talking about more is just financial advice and so we're entering, we're, we're currently in unprecedented monetary financial times of just debt being the biggest problem the world faces because there's no way of paying any of this back. And all this debt is, is revealed and shows up in all these products we're talking about. There will be no products unless someone took out a debt to actually acquire the currency to then invest into something. So everything is pretty much debt on the surface. And so it's a matter of getting into tangible things, getting into getting back to the basics of real money. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize that gold and silver is not an investment. It's you actually re re redeem utilizing your right to redeem your national currency wherever you're at and going back into what is money, according to what, you know, originally fiat paper currency was offered to the public as being something that was redeemable. So the. Think about this, 100 years ago, 100 plus years ago, when the whole idea of the Legal Tender Act came out and the whole introduction of redeemable currency, the people would have never 
signed on or, or been okay with a piece of paper if it wasn't promised to be redeemed for actual money. So if those bills never said, you know, this note is redeemable for X amount of gold or silver on it, if people never had that certificate of promise, they would have never bought into getting a piece of paper in exchange for their real metals. But yet, mind you, in this day and age, we don't really consider money to be metals, so we'd look at it as an investment or a commodity. And so having that approach towards gold or silver or even platinum, palladium, even though I'm hearing more people talk about it negatively, anywhere I go, it's going to be of more value than these digits and papers It's about to become very plentiful. Like you see these paper notes floating over my head, these things is coming. And that's how it's going to be pretty soon when the Federal Reserve uh, crank up that uh, printing press and begin uh, pumping out them things like never before. So I missed a call. Feel free to give me a call back and I'll get you on here. And so we are approaching that 40-minute uh, mark. Man, time is flying, so I'm going to get ready to dial back. And I'm trying to see, did I cover everything I wanted to touch on? I don't think I did. Let me get to this article. So I wanted to touch on the auto manufacturing sector. So I have an article here. Let me pull this up. Let me see, where is it at? Uh, I had an article. All right, so yeah, here's an article here I thought was very interesting because uh, this has to do with uh, the automotive sector and this UAW GM strike. And so this is from Zero Hedge uh, today, and it has a couple good visual aids that kind of reinforces the, the idea that I mentioned in that video about how it's very bad timing for GM for 50,000 employees to go on a strike at the same time that the auto manufacturing industry itself is about to come to a halt. And so those 50,000 people who are striking, they're striking because they want more pay and more. They want more. They want more out of a, out of, out of the, out of the profits being earned by GM. And so of course, GM has been making a little bit more money, give or take, but yet, I'm thinking like, if they really knew how bad the system was and how how bad it could be for them as far as their employment, they would probably want to say, hey, we'll, we'll ride this thing out. The economy's slowing down. I see it. I feel it. I, I, can, I, can, I can sense it. You know, GM, whatever, you know, whatever capital they're sitting on, they're going to be, they're going to need that when things come to a halt and they have to, you know, basically still make payroll and keep the doors and lights open for probably an extended period of time because, you know, at, during this next meltdown, in my personal opinion, I don't think people will be going out buying cars as often as they do now. Whether it's leasing, uh, you know, buying, whatever, people won't be consuming the way they are doing now or were doing back, you know, last, within the last decade. So that being the case, auto manufacturing industry itself, cars is not going to be, you know, something people want. And then the financial sector, when it comes to just the credit unions and the financers for these vehicles now, they're not going to be as plentiful because there's going to be an issue with credit. And so to go on strike right now, at the point of the fact, at the point that they're not selling as many cars globally, it's like, man, they're just basically signing their own uh, terminations in a sense because GM is going to be forced to now think about really automating. And so I think this is very bad timing, but... Here's more visual aids here of just, just showing how everything is trending down heavily since 2018. Everything is heading down uh, in a very negative way. And so we're going to have more issues and, yeah, a lot more unemployment on the way. So those are all things that I wanted to kind of touch on tonight. 
But with that being the case, check into the chat, see what's going on, and then we're going to dial back. It says, uh, is it is it too extreme to hold 5% cash and 95% metals worldwide emerging? Great question. Um, my personal opinion, uh, I think I was talking to, um, who was I talking to? I think I was talking to Leor Gantz, and he just gave me his you know analysis, I believe, on the situation. And he was he threw out a number. I think he said twenty percent cash is what what he does. And so I'm thinking like, okay, twenty percent cash. No, that wasn't Leo Gantz. It was um, who was it? I don't. Know. I think it was Leo Gantz. Yeah. But anyway, he said twenty percent cash because you know with your metals portfolio, whatever is lost in paper or digital form as far as uh, you know other financial vehicles will easily be made up uh, as far as nominal value wise in metals. As metals reach their true free market price and all those paper products uh, return to their intrinsic value, you're going to just make up the difference in a sense. And so it's, I'm sure it's going to be a lot more complicated than that. But as far as cash allocation, it depends on you know what your strategy is. Once again, whatever your strategy is, because we got Warren Buffett sitting on $120 billion in cash. So Warren Buffett, as I mentioned a couple live streams ago, Warren Buffett, He's sitting on cash because he knows there's going to be a great buying opportunity. And I mentioned that I think Warren Buffett is going to go ahead and buy up a city, you know, at the end of the day to solidify his legacy and his genealogy for his children's and children's children's children. So, um, yeah, John, go get a $50,000 loan, buy gold and silver, low blood pressure. <laughs> Remember, and so we're approaching territories where borrowers can be winners. And I never thought I would say that. Borrowers can be winners if you know how to borrow and put it to work. And so actually, I learned a new concept today about non-recourse loans. And so it's something I'm checking into. And so, you know, it's one of the things where prior to, you know, talking to someone who's heavily, you know, into, into these financial markets, I would have never known about that one. So just more things for me to learn about. Gilbert, Todd, I appreciate the love offering for the channel, my friend. Thank you. And so what else you guys says, it's pretty meaningless to say that per that percentage of cash, that number will change with the amounts. If you are a billionaire, you need 0.1% cash. Good point, Spirit. It says Boeing and Ford are two of the bigger U.S. manufacturers in terms of international trade, both stalled out right now. Jay, yeah, that's not good news. Yeah, Ford, yeah, we know about Ford's bond issues, and they're, they're going to have some capital issues pretty soon. So, yeah, the, the big three. Well, you know, like I said, wherever the big three goes for this country, the rest of the economy and the rest of the, the world might end up going because, once again, our tra transportation is a major part of our economy. And if people aren't buying and spending in, in, in their wheels and having the nice car, nicest cars and up-to-date cars, yeah, kiss everything else goodbye. Global austerity is coming. Yeah, austerity, yeah, and... and Political figures here in America, North America, they call it reform. So political reforms, global reforms is coming for sure. It says, I have a prepper payday allocation plan. You better have more than just paper and gold. <laughs> Borrow money but gold and don't pay that debt back. Faith, ah, man, I would never say that. But, you, but you know, we, we, we kind of thinking on similar pathways. <laughs> Show uh, says Kawasaki says uh, savers are losers. Cash is trash. Yeah, I saw some video like that. Says would be better to say enough cash to live, pay rent, etc. for X amount of months. Spirit, good point. Good point. Because think about this. Along with that is that if we do hit inflation the way that I believe it's coming on a consumer level, 
that means all our um, uh, goods and services, you know, food prices go up, gas prices go up, energy costs go up. You know, I, I hope cell phone bills don't go up because, you know, think about whatever. Think about the things that are a little bit extra in your life that you might have to cut. And so the, what I, those are probably going to be the first cuts that people will make if people haven't made them already. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of uh, adjusting and getting back to the basics of just having probably the bare minimum or just having just enough to survive and, you know, try to thrive in the environment that's coming. But all right, with that being the case, about to dial back, I appreciate everybody calling in and sharing your thoughts. I appreciate everybody tuning into the chat. And as always, if you enjoyed the back and forth and enjoy just the, the chat, as well as the, the people who've called in to share their thoughts, don't be afraid to donate a thumbs up to the channel. Just hit that button right beneath. Thumbs up will help out, show your support. And uh, we will be back tomorrow. Lord willing, same time, same place, and uh, go from there. But other than that, everybody be blessed, be safe, and I will see you guys on the other side. Peace.